Welcome to this week's episode of Business Wise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. There are so many misconceptions about what an executive is and is supposed to do. It's small wonder that truly competent ones are so well paid. Time and time again, we at YZ Stress are helping to sort out our members based on their own reality that they are not very good executives. I find that interesting because they recognize the problem. They're just not very good executives. They have a hard time really building an organization that will take care of things. And all too often, they're pulled down into the organization to, quote, cope, end quote, which means to handle any old way somehow. And uh, they end up actually enslaved by their own company to one degree or another. But every single one of them dream of one day, quote, having a life, end quote, where they can make time for themselves and their other interests, you know, like things like family, uh, taking better care of themselves, uh, worthwhile causes that they want to contribute to. So to one degree or another, they're, they're stuck in their business. The problem in this really begins with the very definition of the word executive. And then it goes on from there to a series of common misconceptions that uh, fully handled, as we do hope to do with this podcast, sets a member or entrepreneur on the road to freedom, at least from being, quote, anchored down, end quote, by his or her own creation. That's part of the irony. You know, the guy creates it, and yet he's stuck in it. This is really why the motto, the Effective Management Association, that's what we call our local wise chapters, Effective Management Associations, or EMAs. The motto of the EMA is working and living as an art form. There is absolutely underlined, underscored in bold and letters of fire, no reason you cannot have it all. A fabulous enterprise and the freedom to create whatever you want in all aspects of your life. Uh, Your company should be your power, not your anchor, as we have said many times throughout this podcast series. Now, wasn't that at least partly the idea why you created your own business anyway, was to have more freedom? Interesting in many cases that it seems to backfire. It backfires to the degree that you can truly say you are being an executive and doing the things executives should be doing or not. So let's start by defining the term executive. So here's Mr. Harvard's definition. This is from uh, an article, 30 October 1962. I selected two definitions here. He revisits this term several times throughout his writings on management, but I've selected two definitions to kind of punctuate the points I want to punctuate here. This is from, again, 30 October 1962. He says, an executive, one who obtains execution of duties, programs, and actions in an organization to further the aims and purposes of that organization, end quote. So note in the word executive, it has to do with execution. And the three things Mr. Hubbard is describing that they're supposed to get execution of are duties. What are the duties of the positions underneath him? And he's supposed to get those executed. Are there programs being run in that area that they're responsible for, and then he is responsible for getting those executed or done, and whatever actions are supposed to be done, like, hey, Joe, you know, answer the phone, or whatever it is that they're supposed to be doing, it's the executive that is getting it executed or done. So definition two, 
uh, from Mr. Hubbard, and this comes from an article of 29 October 1971. Here he goes into the derivation. Quote, the word comes from the Latin ex equi, past participle ex acutus, execute. See, so it comes from the word, the Latin word for execute, follow to the end. Ex means completely, ex completely, plus sequi to follow. In other words, he follows things to the end and gets something done, end quote. So there's your executive. He gets things done. He follows them through all the way and he gets them done. Executive. So one of your first requisites as an executive is are you getting things done? Now that is the starting point, but something to understand about being and doing as an executive, and probably one of the reasons it seems to be somewhat difficult for individuals to attain a high level of effectiveness as executives, there are actually two phases in being and doing as an exec. Exec being short for executive, obviously. There are actually two phases. And in my observation, if people don't really understand that, they remain somewhat confused on the subject. I'll explain more later. Hubbard covers this in an article dated 28 July 1971 called Admin, which is short for administration, Admin Know-How Number 26. That's the title of the article. And it's part of his brilliant Admin Know-How series, series of uh, articles he wrote on administrative know-how. So he starts out saying, note, um, article 19 July 63, administrative stable data, stated that an executive should, quote, get people to get the work done, end quote. And then uh, he states that a later reference canceled that. And then he says, this cancellation probably robbed some people of a stable datum that they got people to get the work done. So here's one of the stable data that I think people adopt with regards to executive. It's not the worst one, okay, which is that uh, they're there to get people to get the work done. You know, they're, they're executives. They're there to get people to get the work done. But that's only part of it. That's only one phase of it. And this is what brings about the confusion. So listen to this. Now he says, uh, when an executive was no longer told he should get people to get the work done, hatting, which means training on their post duties, so back it up. When an executive was no longer told he should get people to get the work done, hatting tended to go out and a great deal of overload began to occur on an executive on executive posts. So he says from a from an executive not doing quote work end quote, the viewpoint swung to the other extreme that executives only do all the work. Here you have these the, the confusion. Okay. Do I get people to get the work done or do I do it? You know, am I in there with my sleeves rolled up, getting the job done, or am I getting other people to get the job done? Or, or how does this go together? It, it kind of does and it kind of doesn't because it's, you're actually defining two phases. And if you don't understand it as two phases of being and doing as an executive, you're going to mess things up. Okay, so I'm going to go into these two phases. And now I caution you, if you already know or you think you know about phases, as an executive, phase one, phase two, if you think you already know, I want you to keep listening because you, chances are you don't, because there's a lot of misconceptions about phase one and phase two as well. And that's, I'm going to clear that up. So if you think, oh, I know where this episode's going, I know all this. Trust me, just listen through because you probably don't. In my observation, there is 
very, very common misconceptions having to do with these two things. And we're going to clear that up once and for all today, okay? So he says, um, uh, both these articles were correct in their way. One which talked about the executives doing the other work and the other talking about executives supervising work getting done. He says, therefore, they are restated as follows. Phase one, beginning a new activity. That is the name of phase one, beginning a new activity. An executive single hands while he trains his staff. When he has people producing, functioning well, and hatted, he then enters the next phase, phase two, running an established activity. That's the name of phase two, running an established activity. So phase one, beginning a new activity. Phase two, running an established activity. And here it's defined as an executive gets people to get the work done. So that's phase one, and that's phase two. Okay, now, note the definition. An executive single hands while he trains his staff is the definition of phase one. Single handing without training your staff. This is me talking now. Single handing without training staff is not being an executive at all. You see that? You're just basically being a worker. So this is one of the first definitions to clear up on phase one, which is some guys say they're doing phase one because they're doing all the work. That's not true. You're not doing phase one. You're not even you're not even up to phase one yet. You're just you're just being a worker. You're not being an executive at all. There's no executive beingness or doing this related to that at all. You're just doing the work. So scrap the idea of being an executive if you're doing all the work, unless as you're doing the work, you're training the rest of your team or the team or at least those staff or employees that are related to the work that you're doing. If you're not training concurrently, you're not being an executive. You're just doing the work. Do you understand that? So that's the first thing to clear up on phase one. Phase one is, again, an executive single hands while he trains his staff. Now, he later defines the next paragraph. He defines single handing. He says, by single handing, one means do it himself, being the one responsible for actually handling things. That's single handing. That's okay. If you follow the rest of the reference here, he says this phase occurs when an executive is forming up his personnel. So you're doing it. So he describes phase one. He says an executive handles the whole area while he gets people to help. You see that? So he's getting people to help. Don't just do it yourself and don't get people to help. Uh, I know I'm covering this over and over, but I just really want to emphasize this point. He handles a whole area while he gets people to help. An executive, this is Mr. Hubbard's words here, he says, an executive in charge of an org, remember org is short for organization, an executive in charge of an org would single hand, handle it all while getting others to handle their jobs in turn. This gives a practical and workable approximation of what top stat executives actually do. If you observe a top stat means statistic, up statistic. If you're observing a top stat executive, he's in there pitching, but he's training at the same time. He's showing people what to do. He's helping them do their jobs. He's getting them apprenticed. He's getting them to learn exactly how to take this all over in turn, area by area. Now, that's an executive in phase one. Remember, this is phase one. He says, the executive who sits back and waits for others to act when a situation is grave can crash an entire activity. Essentially, an executive is a working individual who can competently handle 
any post or machine or plan under him. Very, very practical, by the way, as an executive. You know, sometimes you take over an area. Maybe you were brought in from another company as an experienced executive. You're going into a new business. You don't know everything about what's going on underneath you. Burn the midnight oil because you should know every function underneath you better than any of the other staff do. And that's part of your job as an executive is to learn those functions underneath you so that you can actually do them as well or better as anyone else. So he says, essentially, an executive is a working individual who can competently handle any post or machine or plan under him. He is a training officer as well. He designates who is to do what and sees that a training action is done by himself or others to be sure the post will be competently held. Just as an aside, I have a number of members who, who just are not, don't believe in training their employees. They say, well, you know, uh, I know that if I train them, they're just going to leave. Well, we used to say, well, you know what's worse? Don't train them and they stay. That's worse. Train them. You are a training officer. If you're not training your employees, you are not an executive. Get that straight. It's part of being an executive, getting others to execute functions or duties for their programs. They need to be trained. They need to be had it. Okay, back to Mr. Hubbard on this. He goes on to say, an executive who accepts the idea that if a person has a school degree in waffling wogglies or sewing on buttons, he can at once be trusted to waff wogglies or sew buttons is taking a personnel by recommendation, not by his experience with the personnel whose work organization potential has never been tested under that executive. A camouflaged hole, which he defines here, which is an important term, by the way, a camouflaged hole, undetected neglect area, may very well develop in such a circumstance which can suddenly confront the executive with a time-consuming disaster. End quote. So you have a situation where if you don't train employees and you're continually handling the functions, or you have somebody else sort of handling the functions from the side or what have you, that's called a camouflaged hole. And that comes about because you're not being an executive. You're not training the people under you. You're not making sure they are taking over those functions from you. So sooner or later, that's going to blow up in your face. This is Mr. Hubbard. Thus, an executive accepts help conditionally until it is demonstrated to be help. And meanwhile, he does not relax his control of a sector below him until he is sure it is functioning. In this way, an executive is one who does and backs off spots continually. He can be said to always be doing himself out of a job by getting the job competently done. However, in actual practice, as post personnel does shift, he has to be prepared at any time to wade back in and put it right. So there you have phase one. Okay, phase one is he's in there, he's doing it as he trains others. And it is as you form up an activity, remember that was part of the first definition, uh, beginning a new activity, but it is also true that one can go back into phase one from what I'm going to go over next, which is phase two, because you have individuals uh, maybe get transferred or they uh, quit or something happens like that. So you got to be prepared to go back into phase one from phase two. Okay, so what's phase two? He says, now we come to phase two. The executive has inherited from a competent former executive or has himself built and has prevented transfers and lack of apprenticeship from destroying his unit, department, division, org, or orgs. So you can, you can use this definition of an executive 
any size organization, really, from a unit to several organizations. So he goes on. He says, now, to continue to single hand will destroy anything that has been built. So here you now have the chronic single hander, you know, the chronic bypasser, the executive who isn't being an executive anymore. This is not being an executive to bypass everybody. Let me do this. And let me, I am the only one I trust to do this. And not bothering to train his people, but continually handling the functions himself. That is not being an executive. That's not phase one. And that ain't phase two. So he says, uh, when an executive in charge of a working activity continues to retain the idea, quote, do all I can, end quote, chaos then results. An already formed activity will collapse. You want to destroy an activity that's actually functioning? Start bypassing everybody and doing it all yourself. You will lose those people and that area will fall apart. The only possible datum on which an executive could work effectively in a formed activity is, quote, get people to get the work done, end quote. So now we're in phase two. Now you're no longer bypassing. Now you're getting others to do it. That is phase two. Some people think, well, phase two is I'm out of the business. That's not phase two. Phase two is you're running that business, but you're running it by getting others to do it. You're getting others to get the work done. What people are calling phase two is actually, in effect, powering. If you've listened to my earlier podcast just before this one, I did a couple on power. What's actually happening is, is the individual is powering out of his business. But phase two, you're still in there. You're supervising everything. You're getting work done. That's phase two. You want to go from phase two to out of the business altogether. That's a separate condition. It's, a, it's its own formula, and it's not really phase two by definition. He says the phase two, I'll just remind you of the definition is an executive gets people to get the work done. So if you're, you know, on a sailboat in the middle of the Pacific or something like that. Because you've been able to turn over your business, which is some people's ideal scene. And maybe you just check in once a month or once a week and how are things going and maybe a, a creating a, a new dream or a new uh, plan for the group to follow, but you're not in there actually getting others to get the work done. That is not really phase two. That's you're in a new plane there. You're, you, you've powered out of that game and you're actually hopefully getting into a creative new game that has some meaning uh, because, you know, just sailing a sailboat for the rest of your life may not be a big enough game. You might find yourself in some other issues, but that's a, that's a separate episode certainly than this one. But we're just talking about being an executive, doing as an executive. Phase two is get people to get the work done. And then he goes on to say this. Otherwise, the executive does as much as he can and leaves the willing personnel standing around unhelped and unguided. This is what happens. You've you got willing personnel, unhelped, unguided. The executive is doing as much as he can. That's wrong. That's not phase two. That's not even phase one. That's not being an executive at all. So he goes on, he says, if each person in the organization wears all the hats or one wears all and the rest wear none, you will have. And he numbers these things. I think they're very interesting because you may identify some of these in your own business or organization. One, bad morale. Two, overburdened personnel. Three, underburdened personnel. Four, rapid staff turnover. Five, bad dissemination, processing, and instruction, which means bad promotion and sales, marketing, and, and delivery of product. 
Let's just call it that. That's number five. Six, low income. Seven, even lower income. Eight, public flaps. You know, complaining customers, that sort of thing. And number nine, chaos. Okay, if any of those things describe your business, you're probably looking at violations of phase one and phase two and what it really means to be an executive. You're violating one of those two things. You're either in there doing it all and not bothering to train anybody, or you're taking over a place that has trained personnel that do know what they're doing, but you're bypassing them continually and leaving them uh, standing around willing but unutilized. Either way, you're going to get those one to nine. One, bad morale. Two, overburdened personnel. Uh, Number three, underburdened personnel. Four, rapid staff turnover. My goodness, how many times do I hear members, you know, complaining about rapid staff turnover? Well, you you may be having a rapid staff turnover situation because of uh, a violation of phase one, phase two. Five, bad dissemination, processing, and instruction, you know, which is bad, you know, sales and marketing and and delivery. If you got some of that going on, you probably are not wearing your hats for phase one and phase two. Six, low income. Seven, even lower income. I don't need to talk about that. You know what that means. And eight, public flaps and nine chaos. Those are the nine points that you're going to run into uh, as you mess up on phase one and phase two. So I hope you have that straight now. As I say, both of those things are commonly misunderstood where people think of phase one as, you know, I got to do all the work around here. That's phase one. No. That's not phase one. Phase one is you're doing the work while you're training people and getting them to help. And the other misconception, of course, is phase two. You know, I'm just living the life of Riley here. I'm nowhere near my business anymore. I check on them once a month, maybe, or once a week. If you get into that, you've done a great job, by the way, of building your organization, no question about it. But that's not phase two. So if you're seeking to get into phase two, what you're really seeking is to power out of the game you're in. And you're going to get there by applying phase one and real phase two, which is you are supervising others to get the work done. Okay, so that's phase one, that's phase two. And I hope that clears some stuff up for you and uh, that it enables you to achieve having a life while you also have your business. And that is probably one of the, I could have called this episode, How to Have a Life and Have a Business. Because that's basically the way you do it, by being a true executive and understanding that there are two phases and knowing which one you're in consciously. And you can think to yourself, I'm doing phase one right now. You can think to yourself, now I need to do phase two, but understand exactly what is meant by phase one and phase two and have no misconceptions about it. Okay. All right. Well, I hope this was helpful to you. And, uh, Uh, enjoy your feedback as always been getting a lot of comments and um, feedback on our earlier episodes on power I'm glad you liked them and I hope this one is helpful to you as well Uh, write us at info at yzstress.org give us your thoughts give us your wins give us your feedback and um, we'll soon be coming out with transcripts for earlier episodes that you'll be able to uh, acquire and we're just putting the final touches on that that'll be available probably within the next week And you'll be able to register and uh, get copies of some of the transcripts of some of the earlier episodes. So look forward to that. And we will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening.